Welcome back to Industries in Motion podcast, brought to you by RBC Capital Markets. My name is Mark Odendahl, and I'm head of U.S. Capital Markets Research here at RBC. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast is where we explore what's new and what's next in today's fast-moving markets and industries to help you stay ahead of the curve. Today, we're really excited to bring you Joe Spack. Joe is a leader at RBC. He's one of the highest-ranked auto analysts on the street. Joe has been at RBC for a significant amount of time and progressed throughout his career to one of our leading analysts. Joe's on this podcast today to talk about autonomous vehicles. A lot of the conversation in the auto industry right now is about electric vehicles, And Joe has recently published a report digging into autonomous vehicles and the acronym ADAS. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for that intro, Mark, and thanks for having me. And Joe, I also want to congratulate you. You're having a heck of a year with University of Michigan football. So I hope that continues into the playoffs. All my efforts have come through on the field, Mark. So why don't we kick it off today? You published your report recently on ADAS and your AV autonomous vehicle forecasts. What's going on with autonomous vehicle development right now? Autonomous vehicles have been hyped for many years. And I think the market and probably the general public have actually grown somewhat disillusioned around self-driving vehicles because of all that hype. That's probably drowned out some meaningful progress from a technological standpoint that we've seen here over the past couple of years. And I could point to Cruise, which is now operating a commercial robo-taxi service in San Francisco. Waymo just announced they are expanding into the Los Angeles market. If you move over to China, there's a number of companies that are launching services over there. That's not to say that this is a technology that's done or ready or easy or fully there. And it certainly has not been inexpensive to develop. And in many cases, I would argue the business model for how to make money off this technology is still a work in progress. Because of all these factors, we have seen some consolidation among AV development. We've seen a shutdown of some efforts. So most recently, Argo was shut down. And putting aside maybe their technological approach, I think part of the reason why that has shut down was actually a willingness to continue to fund the effort by their owners with the timeline that is still somewhat uncertain and maybe still years away. And obviously, the capital markets are a little bit more of a difficult place now than a couple of years ago. So because of all this, I wouldn't be surprised if we actually see some further consolidation and rationalization. But one of the things I really want to impress here, Mark, is that because the timeline for the payoff for these autonomous vehicles is still years away, we think automakers are looking to additional forms of vehicle automation that have a clearer financial profile and a more immediate one. And so the industry has seen a lot of progression in these advanced automated features. And many of those systems, which we call advanced driver assistance systems or ADAS, have a much clearer and actually quite profitable business case. Thanks a lot. That's great. Yeah, earlier I used the ADAS acronym and you just mentioned it. But for those that don't like acronyms, which is me, that stands for Advanced Driver Assistance Systems. So what is ADAS? Could you go through 
educating us on that and the different levels, because in the industry, you hear reference to the levels quite a bit. Yeah, so completely agree on there's a lot of acronyms here and there's a lot of levels and this doesn't make it doesn't necessarily make it easy. And I, for one, am not actually a fan of some of these levels, but I do think it's helpful probably just some basic terminology. So there's the Society of Automotive Engineers, the SAE, and they describe six levels of driving automation that go from level zero to level five with the level of driving automation increasing along the way. When every time you want to classify and bucket things, you have to have some cutoffs. And in general, I would sort of prefer to think about the feature set as evolving here from driver support features, where the driver is still in control, to something that is eyes on but hands off that let the vehicle automate some driving features to going all the way to hands off and eyes off, which is a full autonomous vehicle where you could sleep in the car, you don't need a steering wheel, etc. But because these levels are out there in the industry, I think it's probably helpful to just go over. You have level zero, which is no driving automation. The driver is responsible for the driving task. But that can include some ADAS or advanced driver assist features like a blind spot warning or lane departure warning that you may already have in your vehicle today. Then you've got level one, which I'd say is driver assistance. And this means the vehicle will do either lateral or longitudinal motion. So an example there would be a lane centering or an adaptive cruise control, right? You could set speed, but it'll speed up or slow down as needed. And you can see how that advances from level zero. Level two would be partial drive automation where it's not lateral or longitudinal, it's lateral and longitudinal. So again, it would be lane centering and adaptive cruise control. Then you have this break to level three, which is conditional driving automation. And there, the driving task is done by the vehicle, not the driver, but the driver has to be ready to intervene. So some example features here are, there's a feature called traffic jam assist or traffic jam chauffeur, which is if you are stuck in a traffic jam, you could set the feature and it'll slowly inch forward and stop and go as you sort of need be. But again, the driver needs to take over. Level four is basically the car can do everything on an automated basis, but only within the operational design domain of the system. And that operational design domain can be geographic limited. It could be condition limited, so certain weather conditions. And the example there would be a local robo-taxi, something that works within a predefined area. And then you've got level five, which is full driving automation. That's basically level four, but not constrained by a design domain. It can operate anywhere in all conditions. And quite frankly, we don't think this is possible anytime soon. I think it's just too complicated, an engineering challenge and compute challenge. The reason we want to sort of walk through these levels is you can see, especially as you go from level two to level three, there's quite a bridge there. And there can be a problem in level three about having a vehicle that is automated and driving itself, but then the driver needs to be ready to take over. And that can be quite challenging because you can become quite complacent on the automated technology. So what we've seen the industry develop is this concept of like a level two plus system. And that's that bridge between level two and level three. And it's basically offering more functionality than a level two system, has greater safety potential, but it does keep the driver in the loop. So 
I mentioned earlier, the term we like to use here is hands-free, but eyes on. And we have examples of this already. So Tesla's full self-driving product is an example of a level two plus system. GM has a product called Super Cruise that does something similar. Ford has a product called Blue Cruise. There's a company called Mobileye that has a supervision offering, and they are a provider that they could sell that solution to other automakers. So is the majority of vehicles, if you're buying a new vehicle now, are they level two plus? No, I'd say level two plus systems are relatively small right now, but we see a ton of potential growth here. So according to the numbers we saw in 22, level two plus systems were about 300,000 units, less than half a percent of global sales. But we see those systems growing at 58% CAGR through 2030 to 12.7 million units or about 13% of all the sales mix. So what is the case for more ADAS, more ADAS systems? Yeah, the case is to the consumer, I think, safety and convenience. And to the automakers and even some of the suppliers who supply the systems, it's clearly financial. So the initial ADAS systems that were put in the cars, and you've probably experienced this if you've tried to buy a car over the past couple of years, they were always in the higher end packages. Those packages obviously cost more money, but they're also generally high margin packages. What we've seen, though, is there's been a democratization of basic ADAS features. And so, hence, there's a need for automakers to continue to sort of move up the feature and technology curve to continue to differentiate. A high-end luxury vehicle can't necessarily have the same features functionality as a low-end volume entry. And we would say Level 2 Plus is the current state of the art. And just to sort of show financially how much this can help, Tesla's full self-driving product in the US right now, if you select that option, that's $15,000. We think level two plus systems can cost anywhere between $1,000 and $2,000. Now, I don't know what other automakers will charge because the other automakers are really just beginning to just start coming out over the next couple of years. But $15,000 seems to set a reasonable upper bound. Honestly, Mark, even if the automakers go around and sort of sell that system to the consumer for $10,000 or $6,000, that is a good trade for them, and that will really help margins. And then if we think about it from the this ADAS supplier perspective, that one to $2,000 for the system costs, that's first a current ADAS solution that might cost anywhere from $250 to $400. So this really, really helps the ecosystem. And you know, one interesting stat I looked at here, I mentioned earlier, the 12.7 million units in 2030 that we think will have these systems. If the automakers end up charging on average $10,000 to the consumer, the revenue from those level two systems in that year would be the equivalent to being a top five automaker today. So that's how big this revenue opportunity is for the automakers. Great point. And that magnitude is significant. So let's dive into the growth estimates that you have in your report. You've touched on them. But you spent a lot of time modeling this whole thing out into 2030. Let's dig in on what type of growth you're looking at for this side of the auto industry. Yeah. So you mentioned for the level two plus systems, which is, I think, one of the fastest growing systems. We have that going from, again, under half a percent of sales today globally to about 13 percent of sales. That's growing at just under 60% CAGR through 2030. The thing you have to remember here as we sort of get into some of the growth of the systems is there's a natural evolution and graduation that occurs. So you have 
some level zero mix graduating into level one, some level one mix graduating to level two, some level two graduating to level two plus, level three, and so on and so forth. And so we have level two systems, which we think are at about 25% of the mix today globally, but we have that growing to about 33% of the mix in 2030. So that's like a 6% Kager on a unit basis from 22 to 30. If we combine level two and level two plus, then all level two systems are growing at about 11% Kager. And again, to scale this mark, we think global light vehicle sales are going to grow at about a 3% Kager through 2030. So growing again, about eight points faster than sales. Level three systems we have growing at from very diminished amounts to basically 5% of sales by 2030. So if we wanted to extend that a little bit further, if we look at just level one to level three, that's growing at about an 8% Kager from now until the end of the decade, again, versus that 3% global sales forecast. The one final thing I would say there, though, again, is that's just units. Because of that graduation along the levels that I mentioned earlier, we think dollars can grow significantly faster than that. Wow, this is really interesting. So, and this might be a tough answer here, but as we graduate through these levels, as you just said, and we see these growth rates, what do you think people are underappreciating about autonomous capabilities over the next five to 10 years? When people hear autonomous cars, I think they are initially sort of drawn to the robo-taxi type of vehicle. I think the opportunity from that business model in terms of reducing the cost of mobility, potentially reducing the need for consumers to own vehicles remains really, really large. I think the business model as to sort of how that evolves and how it really works still needs some evolution. And obviously, the technology still needs to progress. So I would actually argue that's a little bit later in this decade. If we think about these super ADAS or advanced (laughs) ADAS, if you will, systems, I think people are probably a little bit underestimating the capability of these systems and certainly the desire for automakers to try to push these systems to differentiate their product and compete with some of the other new entrants in the market that have really pushed the boundaries on some of these systems. Well, that's great, Joe. You have truly become a leader on the street, educating people on not only this subject, autonomous, but also electric vehicle growth. So I just want to thank you for your time today. This was a great update and congrats on all this success this year. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. What else lies ahead in today's ever-evolving markets and industries? We'll keep track right here on Industries in Motion. Until then, thank you for joining us. This episode was recorded December 2nd, 2022. Be sure to subscribe to Industries in Motion wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to continue this conversation and are interested in more information about Joe's thoughts around autonomous vehicles or the auto industry, please contact your RBC representative or visit our website at www.rbccm.com backslash industries in motion for further insights. We appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. 
This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives. For disclosures, please visit www.rbccm.com forward slash disclosure.